As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Chris Vaccaro Show. Uh, by request, special Halloween edition. Chris Vaccaro said he wanted to tie this into the holiday because he loves <laughs> holidays so much. Um, and possibly new working title, Doom and Gloom, featuring Chris Vaccaro. So, nah. All right. Maybe. <laughs> Shout out to we'll Paul. see. We'll see if we can change it to that. But uh, we'll put the Doom and Gloom away for a week, Nando, and uh, you'll get uh, cheery-eyed uh, Chris Vaccaro this week. How about that? As uh, I sit through 57 minutes of you wanting to talk about Deontay Foreman and Justin Fields this episode. Uh, a, we've already talked enough about Dante Foreman, and it doesn't make sense anymore because everyone should be going after him. B, mm-hmm. uh, I don't gloat. You know, people saw Justin Fields. They listened to the show last week. They mm-hmm. know that you must be feeling embarrassed and sad. So let's right. move on to something else. Okay. All right. How are you breaking down this Jets backfield? Well, uh, how am I breaking down this Jets backfield? I think people are getting a little carried away right now these last uh, this last 24 hours with the James Robinson news. Um, you know, he was falling out of favor. He fell out of favor in Jacksonville. He wasn't looking good to begin with the last couple of weeks before the Travis Etienne takeover that we'll also get to that in a, in a minute. But um, I don't think he's coming to New York to be a, a complete bell cow here. I still see it a little differently than I think most people have. Since this trade went down, I, I think it's going to be a muddled backfield. And I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Carter is actually the lead back. And James Robinson is uh, mixed in in like a 60-40 type split. So uh, I wouldn't be getting crazy if I was a James Robinson owner. I heard somebody call James Robinson uh, a potential RB1 the rest of the season now that he got traded to the Jets. Never mind the fact that the Jets' offensive line is completely falling apart. And they just lost two more starters uh, this week uh, going forward. So that's how I would break down the backfield. I like Michael Carter as a solid RB2 going forward. James Robinson, I'd hesitate to play him until I see how much of the uh, backfield they're going to give him. And uh, and that's it. Maybe they mix in uh, Ty Johnson uh, on third downs a little bit. Oh, I can't go through Ty Johnson again. Not two hey, years in a row, well, three years listen, in a row. I can't point. go through Deontay Foreman again with you for seventh year in a row. I know. I it's, it. You know what? But I'm right about Dante Foreman. That's the difference. 
Like Ty Johnson just pops up. Would like, you oh. have said you were right about Dante Foreman if like Hubbard didn't get banged up and then Foreman had like a big, you know, like second half? Like it looked like Dante Foreman was the clear backup and he was going to play the 25 to 30% snaps that he was on pace to play. I mean, just things broke out the Nando way. Yeah, but. you get so mad when these things <laughs> no, happen. You know what? I really not. I'll, I'll is it anger or is it you. jealousy, Chris? It's jealousy, Nando. Uh, it is. Uh, it makes me sick when you're right. It's painful. It's so strange. We're it hurts. The Justin Fields thing just is painful. But uh, no, nah, well, listen. That, I wanted... That's math. The Justin Fields thing is math. Oh, here we go. It's okay. a it's a it's a chart that goes up as you go to the right. Good. Show me that same chart after next game after next week's game versus Dallas. Well, here's just gives like a nine. Here's the interesting thing about Dallas. So, like, the Pats, I, I had a feeling he was going to have – because, like, I think Lamar Jackson ran for 100 yards. He was the only running mm-hmm. quarterback, mobile quarterback they faced, right? Mm-hmm. Dallas has faced two mobile quarterbacks. Okay. Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson. Okay. Lamar Jackson has gone for tw- – I think he had 27 rushing yards. I think Daniel Jones had 74. And I'm just throwing these numbers out. Like, I can look them up for real, but it's this is how I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait a minute. I, it could wait, go either way. Wait, 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 wait. I remember, what are you talking about with Lamar Jackson versus Dallas? Maybe it wasn't Lamar Jackson. Hold on. No, because I, I don't, um, you just threw that out there. No, it wasn't Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Oh, Jalen Hurts. And, my bad, Jalen Hurts. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Running, I just I have five running quarterbacks in my head. I pick him at will. Uh, the Eagles in week six, he was <laughs> nine for 27. Uh, the Giants in week three, Daniel Jones is nine for 79. So, I mean, of yeah. course, they're not throwing for a lot of yards, but. Here are your two running quarterbacks who both ran nine times to two totally different results. Um, listen, I it, let's see it. If Justin Fields has a good game and he goes over twenty fantasy points versus this Dallas defense, I'll come back here. That's next unfair. Week and no one's stay. gone over twenty points against the Dallas defense. Okay, so you want to? So then Justin. So say it now. Say it with your chest. It's you are saying. That Justin Fields is a spot starter or an every week fantasy football quarterback. You got to pick and choose your spots with Justin Fields, or and now let's mix it and let's mix mix this in because it's all I said, listen, all I said last I week to get. was I want I would take Fields ahead of Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's an improving quarterback and he's going to have some good games, and they're doing things that offense that okay. serve him, basically. What about Daniel Jones? That's a tie for me. This is they're the same. They're the same person. I might give Jones a slight edge because. Wondell Robinson looks special, but I don't know if he's hurt. Like, I don't know what his status is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got banged up, too. I hope he's And okay Bellinger, who knows Bellinger, I feel oh, horrible about, man. And That's- Bellinger, yeah, now Bellinger, another hit to the tight end position. We'll get into that also throughout the show. But, well, yeah, was this that giant list offense, of demands? I didn't see that. I fired a lot of uh, topics at you, Nando. All of them uh, got <laughs> ignored. Open so I show, don't know. Open show as usual. With the CMC trade before weekend hit. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job of that, buddy. Huh? You opened the show with that CMC thing. Now you got excited about uh, the Jets' backfield. I got excited about it. Yeah, I was really excited about Brees Hall because I had Brees Hall on a couple of big teams, but now that's gone. I guess I can't have. Uh, you know, I can't have that fun anymore. That's a huge, significant injury. Uh, teams are starting to really take off with Brees Hall on their uh, roster. And, uh, you know, they listen, it was a really bad week for uh, trades, uh, a really bad week for injuries. And uh, we're starting to see fantasy injuries to big-time players 
these last couple of weeks. Whereas, you know, like weeks two through, you know, five, six, uh, there really wasn't any. But now teams are starting to get decimated with injuries. It happens every year, though. Of course it does. Yeah. yeah. You know? But sometimes it happens early in the season. I always feel like week one, there's always like four or five bad injuries to players. Yeah, and then there's like a little bit of a lull. Um, I don't know. That's just from what I remember. But uh, this year, it seems like there wasn't that many big injuries, right? As you go along, and now you hit weeks uh, six and seven, and we lost Hollywood Brown uh, last week, and now we lose Brees Hall and uh, D- this DK Metcalf injury. Oh, that stinks. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I, like, I'm all about Marquise Goodwin right now. Oh, God. Listen, you you would be no. I mean, he's like Seattle's done this thing that like last. You know, they had Geno Smith backing up Russell Wilson, and you got mm-hmm. a very you got a similar quarterback backing up a similar quarterback. Marquise Goodwin just stepped right into the DK Metcalf role. You know yeah. what I mean? And you still have to, like people who have Tyler Lockett. I think some of them are worried. I saw some people offering him in trades. Like some of the questions I got, like a lot of the trades included Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. coming back to this team, and I think it's because they worry that all the defenses are going to key in on Lockett. But yeah. you can't do that because Goodwin's going to keep you very honest. He can burn, take the top off a of defense. And we saw that oh, this yeah. week. He's a track star. And, uh, yeah, he had a great game. And he's going to be a popular ad in waivers. Um, I, I don't know how much news we're going to get about DK Metcalf. It seems as if the Metcalf injury, we all thought it would be long-term. And now Pete Carroll, who you can notoriously not trust with whatever he says. But I wouldn't be shocked if um, – you know, DK misses uh, the next couple weeks. I think their bye week is 11, if I'm right, off the top of my head. Uh, you want me to Google uh, that for you? It's, no, it's, it's four words and then return. There you go. All right, what did uh, you want me to look up? Seattle Seahawks bye week? Yeah. Are you, are you waiting for me to answer? I thought you were going to keep talking. No, I'm just saying. Well, I thought you had it right in front of you, that's all. But well, anyway, I'm doing it on my I, phone. I get the... I get the idea of people trying to jump off the Tyler Lockett ship right now because if DK week Metcalf 11. isn't in the lineup, it is week 11. Maybe right? 11. Gosh, yeah, maybe so you don't see him this. for these next three weeks and then after the bye week, you see him. But um, the Seattle offense is going to take a hit and so is Geno. So yeah, Goodwin's going to be a popular pickup. I don't know how much of a hit. I mean, yes. You don't think, I mean, come on, losing a, a talent in, in like DK Metcalf uh isn't going to be a big hit to Geno Smith and the Seattle offense. I, I don't see how that can't, you know, that can be. Marquise Goodwin's basically a journeyman that's been uh, bounced around the league, and he had a good game. Can he consistently be a top two wide receiver in an offense? Doubt it, because we've never seen it before. You've never seen it before from Geno Smith either, and he's number two for comeback player of the year. All right, let, let's, I mean. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's another person you were wrong about, and I was right about. <laughs> listen, Gino isn't lighting the world on fire. I mean, he did for a couple of weeks. It's listen. I have him on a couple of fantasy teams now. He's he's not lighting up thirty point games. I know. Uh, so. Let's talk about. Let's open the show with the Christian McCaffrey trade. Uh, <laughs> all that was like that preamble, and here comes the title card: mm. the Chris Vaccaro Show, starring Chris Vaccaro. That's a blockbuster, Nando. That's why we have to talk about it. You know, it's. The one of the the number one overall or number two overall pick in fantasy drafts this season again gets traded and we're not going to discuss it. You know that was major news. Uh, I think yeah, it was like what, five like days Thursday ago. night. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you know we haven't 
talk to our listeners since uh, then. Yeah, we missed the so, window. You know what I mean? Like, do you yeah, want to talk I about? I get it. You know, you, I get it. But we're talking about Columbus Day. I mean, <laughs> got any plans? <laughs> yeah, would you like to speak about it? It's like, <laughs> I got an idea. Let's talk about the autumnal equinox. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a chance to do that. Oh, uh, go ahead. I mean, I, what are we going to say? Nah, listen. We actually I, did I talk just, about him with Dante Foreman earlier. You just didn't segue that correctly. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that we were talking about the Carolina backfield, and uh, I should have probably took that into the CMC uh, trade and everything, but I didn't. Okay. So now here we are. Okay. Go ahead. Listen, all I'm going to say is I think he landed in the perfect spot, you know, uh, the rest of the season. Once he gets up to speed with this playbook, I'll give him another week maybe, but rest of season, I don't think there's another maybe Barkley still, but CMC in this offense is going to crush it. Um, See, I feel the opposite. Do you? Okay. I feel Why? like they, they, because of Shanahan, yeah. that pass is not thrown to. I, I think that's all BS, honestly. Uh, I, I think he'll still wind up catching balls out of the backfield from Garoppolo. They'll they'll incorporate that into the. You know, you didn't see that with Jeff Wilson here. Jeff Wilson isn't a huge like you know PPR running back, but um, you know it kills a, it kills the value on Jeff Wilson, who was a nice little running back for these uh, last bunch of weeks. With once uh, Eli Mitchell went down, I know I have Jeff Wilson in a couple big spots, and he was great for me, especially those teams that needed running back help early in the season. And he was dropping 15, 20 fantasy points each week. But he started to slow down, and I'm assuming that's why they made the move. Eli Mitchell is going to come off of the um, you know the IR around week 10. Uh, from what we know or what we're told, maybe the Niners know that the injury is going to last even longer. And they were like, hey, we got to make this move because let's go for it all now. We have a team, a roster that can do it. Because, listen, you look around the NF- the, the NFC, and uh, other than the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you know, it's the San Francisco 49ers for me, roster-wise, team-wise, that I think will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, especially now after this McCaffrey trade. But what it did was it killed all of the Eli Mitchell, you know, stashers. You know, we were all doing it. Everybody that he had Eli Mitchell when he got dropped after week one, people went in, they bid big, they got Eli Mitchell, they've been holding him for seven weeks, and now you can pretty much rip those, you know, shares up and and you're holding a roster spot for no reason. And uh, Jeff Wilson's going to do what he just did basically last week and probably get, you know, seven or eight carries a week for 30, 40 yards rushing. Chip in as the backup, and, and that's it. So those two guys pretty much uh, are, are are finished. That's yeah, actually this, well. That's actually yeah. what's doing it for me with this McCaffrey thing. Is what? I think it's I think Shanahan's going to try and be outsmarting himself, and he's mm-hmm. going to work in too many people. Like Debo Samuel's still going to get carries. You know what I mean? Like no, I, I disagree there. That's the that's the other guy I was going to say. I think it's a huge hit to Debo. You could forget about those five to seven carries every game or whatever. <laughs> you might get one or two end arounds or something like that. But I don't see – you don't bring in a Christian McCaffrey, Nando, not to give him 90% snap rate and, and the whole backfield. He's, fra- he's fragile, man. You bring him in for, uh, so he'll be good for you in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, I th- I've, heard, I've seen two people actually write this, is that McCaffrey's very dependent on volume. Actually, I think Salfino wrote it, and I think Jeff Manns said it on the radio on Sunday, um, the pregame. But – like you know, if you take away that volume, what is McCaffrey? He's still very good, but he's not. I mean, Jeff Wilson's still going to carry. Elijah Mitchell, when he comes back, is going to carry. 
Somehow Tyrion Davis Price will get five carries a game. I'm sure. Oh. And, and Debo Samuel. Yeah, you're up to like 50 uh, handoffs a game. I'm not. I'm taking him away from McCaffrey. I'm saying I'm taking him away from McCaffrey. So what do you think? How many touches a game would you give McCaffrey in this offense when everyone's back? In? I don't know. 23? That's a huge number. What are you talking about? Touches. We're talking targets Targets plus carries? No. Yeah, touches. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So if the guy gets guy gets 18 carries and five catches, that's 23 touches. That's 18 not carries a, that's and not five targets. Cow. I'm going to put him in five targets. Either way, the guy's a top five running back rest of the season, and that's that. You can argue until you're blue in the face. You could think that he's going to be a 60% uh, snap rate running back, but uh, let me see it because if you – We'll make that bet, Nando. How about that? Once he gets up and going, I'll give him another week. But after that, he's the bell cow of this Niners offense. And it's loaded. It's loaded. You got Debo's. Now, let's keep an eye on Debo Samuel, by the way, because he came up with a hamstring injury. And and you don't know how bad that's going to be. Uh, it doesn't seem too, too bad. But that would be a huge boost, um, you know, for George Kittle, who has now put together a couple good games in a row. Um, and, and is looking firmly back in the top five tight end uh, range uh, that we drafted him as. And uh, Brandon Ayuk is coming on strong too. So if Debo's out of this offense, Arrow's pointing up big time for those two guys. Top five tight end Kittle would be, and Ayuk would be uh, you know, a high-end uh, wide receiver too. He's an interesting guy. Who, Ayuk? Yeah. I like him. I just wish he would get more you know, touches every game. He has now these last uh, couple of weeks. He had a good game in Atlanta with two touchdowns. He had another good game this past week versus the Chiefs. But the Niners are like very game dependent, game script dependent, you know? So this past week, they're getting smoked by the Chiefs the whole game. So there was more opportunity for him. But, you know, you got to figure this Niner team, uh, you know, they'll most likely be playing from ahead. They get Trent Williams back on the offensive line. McCaffrey's running the ball. Debo will always be the first look in the pass game. So, you know, Ayuk is always usually fighting for scraps, and he's usually in that, you know, four or five catch game, 50 yards, which doesn't move the needle too much. Yeah. But I like this Niners team going forward. They just got to get a little more healthier, and they are on the defensive side. And I think we're looking at an NFC championship game of the Eagles and Niners. Who do you think is going to win? I still, I still sticking with my prediction. Bills, Eagles, Super Bowl this uh, year. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have something here called the Return of the Studs Week 8. That is based on this past week of all the um, 
you know, you're doing really great with your segues and, and like, <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose. Is, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> really killing it. You're, you're a very experienced radio, uh, guy. This podcast. <laughs> radio podcast. You know the deal. Same thing. Yeah. Now that's, you listen to it. Return, uh, return of the studs. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, Gabe Davis. I mean, we could go on and on. You're saying they're going to return this week? I'm just saying the bye week hell is over. You know how painful it is to go through a week and, and fill out rosters with all those guys out of it, and now you get to come back. I was putting lineup my lineups back in today, and I have a lot of shares of all those guys, and just to put them back in your lineup, it's a pretty good feeling, especially with all the injuries and everything that we're dealing with and, you know, players – underperforming, injuries, bye weeks. To get studs back in your lineup feels good because last week making my lineups and stuff, it was like, ah, these these teams and lineups just don't look as good as they normally do. Yeah, well, but we're going to have more bye week hell. Like, we're not past it. Maybe you personally well, there's, on your teams. Uh, no, are, uh, listen, yeah, okay, may, you know, maybe, but I'm talking these are the, the elite fantasy players that we were without. Last week, you know, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. We talked about all these guys last week being out. But to get these guys back in your lineup, it's, you know, those those teams that own all these players, you know, if you had a decent week, seven, and you got through it, and now you survived that week without these studs and you get them back in your lineup, you know, now you start rolling a little bit into the middle of the season and, and hopefully the rest of the way here. Uh, only two teams are on a bye week this uh, upcoming week, Don, though. The right. Chiefs and the Chargers. And then I saw, I don't know if it's the week after, I believe it is week nine, six teams are on a bye, which is just, you know, the NFL being the NFL. Let's let's put four stud teams on a bye week, then let's put two, and then let's put six. Yeah, I mean, that it really makes sense. I feel like that happens every week, every uh, year, by the way. You do. I remember you actually complaining about this uh, mm-hmm. last year. I think in a column. By the I way, you're gonna you gonna hand in your column on Wednesday nights anymore, or are you just like nah, giving up? Nah. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you and uh, and just give it whenever I feel like it. That's fine. I mean, it's fine by me. Whenever you hand it in, I had to I listen. The listener, I had to Venmo Funston money to edit you last week. <laughs> we big. I, I, I sorry. To, I would love to hear from Funston and and hear how he enjoyed editing my uh, article. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of getting my usual complaints from you, I don't complain. Yeah, yeah. I asked him how it was. He, the two word response was no apostrophes. So <laughs> you made that up. No. Uh, did I? Good. You did. Yeah. We'll see. Whatever. Let's. That's your good one. Let's. Let's. Uh, are you Whatever. excited about this new Star Wars movie? How many cavities I, you know, do you have? Uh, six. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I got them all when I was a kid. So, how about I you? See that. I can see you hanging out of the corner with a lot of I haven't of had bumps. a cavity, though, in like 30-something years, though. So, I think I've been... I'm, my streak is like really good. I'm like on a real streak. Hey, I won a Survivor League last night. Off oh, top. You already won it? I won it already. That's, cra- that's crazy. It was 72 people. Here's my quick Survivor story because... Uh, oh, it's probably like a work listener, league that, you know... Yeah. All the fantasy listeners at home are really going to enjoy this next upcoming two minutes so apologies just fast forward through this uh i did i won a big survivor pool last night there was 72 people in it um the the, this week came in 
I was down to the final three. One guy took Tampa, one guy took New England, and I took Vegas. And I won the pool last night. Ironically enough, and I'll get through this real quick. Ironically enough, I was in another pool where I was down to the final five people. Okay, this is week seven already, Nando. I know. By this the way, is, this is in my article, of. I know it's crazy. So in my article, every week I do that little survivor, uh, you know, section. And I'm like, I don't even think people even care about this section anymore. I was going to do away with it because like all survivor leagues are almost like a wrap. You know, I feel like in the past years I'm doing it. It's like week 12, 13. I'm still in mine. People are still engaging in it. But everybody's gotten wiped out in all survivor pools. But anyway, I'm in another one. It's a huge one. Really big pool. I was down to the final five. And my pick this week was the Patriots. So last night I'm watching this game knowing that I would win this one survivor pool for less money and get the guaranteed money if the Patriots lost. But yet I wanted to stay in and be one of the final five in this really big survivor pool. So I was just watching the game like, like you know, like I was in a coma, you know, like no emotion. It was, I, and the moral of the story is, Nando, I won this other pool and I wasn't even like happy. About it. I mean, that's your, that's your burden hand. There's no guarantee you would have done anything if you made the final five. Exactly. And that's what I was trying to explain to, you know, last night was, you know, why, you know, I can't guarantee that I would even move on with those final five people. I would have been down to a final two in, in one pool and five in another, but I wouldn't have been guaranteed a dollar. I could have lost both leagues next week. So I have to be happy with the, the guaranteed money that I won. I agree. So anyway, that's that. Right. Survivors have been crazy. It's it's pretty much wiped out. Yeah, and it's only week eight that we're going into. But but that's the NFL. I, I think Survivor leagues. I guess the point of me bringing this up, Nando, is Survivor leagues are pretty much like fantasy leagues and and the NFL right now. It's the most wackiest season, bizarro world that we've seen. And just this past week, watching. Um, Tampa Bay is 13 and a half point favorites going to Carolina, who just traded away McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. They're supposed to get spanked by like 20 something points versus a, a desperate Brady and the Bucks team. And Brady and the Bucks come out, look terrible again. They look lifeless. Their defense, uh, which was used to be a top fantasy defense, is no longer that. They got ran all over by Chubba Hubbard and Dante Foreman. DJ Moore, by the way, Nando, first week I benched DJ Moore. <laughs> and it was a, and it was the 20 point. You're a game. mess, man. I'm a mess. I'm really am, but um bench DJ Moore, he put up a good game there and um that's just surprising, you know? I every week survivor leagues and and NFL betting these double digit favorites are losing outright. So it's it's tough. You just got to sit back every Sunday and, and say, okay, let's see what this Sunday has to give us. Like, what did you learn from that? So, I, I, okay, I'm sure this will come as no surprise to you, mm. but I'm kind of obsessed with Carolina right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that you know what? Surprise me at all. I, you know, it, comes, it goes back to like. Oh, it's PJ Walker, of course, your boy. It's not so much PJ Walker, actually. It is a little bit, but I mean, like, I, I watched a video, um, it got tweeted into my timeline. After the game, with Steve Wilkes just like hyping up the team and like going over and giving out the game balls, and like yeah. that's like that's like a team that just like they they love each other, and yeah, I feel so like that's right. It was great, right? 
I saw that as well. And what that told me is bet Carolina going forward. They're going to be getting like a decent amount of points in like most games. And the locker room, you're right. It looked pretty tight and like they were fighting for the coach and all happy for this guy. They probably didn't like Rule anymore, but they love this guy, Wilkes. They came together. Wilkes is there. He's crying. The owner gives him the game ball. The crowd, you know, the team goes nuts for him and everything. Listen, they're going to be a scrappy team. You know, they have they have a good defense. They have a good defense. They have a great secondary. At weekend and week out, they're going to be catching probably around ten points to certain teams. I know this week they're playing Atlanta, and it's like a two point spread. So, you know, I guess that goes against my point. But Atlanta is horrible too. Um, Here's so many bad teams, Nando. There's just so many bad offenses, so many bad teams, and you know, we hate to beat the dead horse, but there's very little. Uh, teams in fantasy that we can rely on, like the Bills and Eagles and, and, and teams like that. There's just so many that you got to suffer through watching every week, like the Falcons and, and teams like this. I, I wonder if Carolina is like, I mean, Robbie Anderson seems like people didn't really like him. You know, get him out of here. Talks crap about his quarterback. Remember when Baker Mayfield came in, he said something? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I just want, like, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe uh, maybe people didn't like his fragility or something, but like, Donta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard ran for 173 yards. Their mm-hmm. defense is very good. Casey Joyner told me that their pass defense is like a – he gave him a 9 out of 100 for the opponent, which is like 100 is the easiest. You know what I mean? Nine's like you don't want to face them. Um, mm-hmm. I think they got some – hit. I mean, and look, this is a division that's easily winnable, I think, for a good team. I don't know if they're don't a good say, team. Don't, don't go. No, no, no. Don't, I, I, don't know if they're, I don't know if they're a good team – but I think they can hang with enough people to put a scare in. And I think that'll keep them like, this isn't a team that's going to tank. This is good. Like Dante Foreman's going to get, they're going to fight hundred yard gonna, games. They're going to fight, but they're still going to win. They're, they're still going to win three or four games. Tops. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, you, you're talking like you think they're going to be like a eight and nine team or something like that. And, and I highly doubt it. You so, highly do. I could, we could make that part of our bet. If you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, put it on the board. Are you writing these? Down? I'm not writing these down. No, you should. Right. Carolina, Nando's team. But listen, then they're your team because you're obsessed with PJ Walker and you're obsessed with Deontay Foreman. And you get to, you know, tune in and, and follow them uh, every week on the same team. So, But it's not like it's, I'm your... obsessed with that any kind of logical reason for it. Like, Deontay Foreman, everyone was sweating him like four years ago. You know, like hard. And he's mm-hmm. good. He's, I mean, he's a talented guy. He was whatever. And he's, I think he established himself last year with all those 100 yard games as. A very good running back, uh, you know, and now he's solid, definitely right. solid running back, and he might have a bigger time. He might have a bigger piece of the pie because of this Hubbard injury that he caught, you know, in the second half. So uh, we'll wait now once practice starts up again here Wednesday and see if uh, Chuba Hubbard is uh, going to be able to make it this game. They got a nice matchup versus the Falcons. I would put Dante Foreman as a, a top. You know, top twenty running back and RB two. Where you would RB two if uh, Hubbard's out? Were you with Michael Carter versus Dante Foreman? Uh, that's a good one. Is it like Carter about the same? It's fine to be about. What, like uh, the rest of the season. <clears throat> I think yeah. you know what I think. Michael Carter's the type of back I would want now because I don't have to worry about much. I, I'm not worried. I'm I'm being serious. I really don't think James Robinson is going to be, you know, uh, the bigger piece of the offense. 
and I expect the Jets to be down more. I, I really don't think the Jets are as good as team as their record is. They they fell into a couple of good spots against teams that people thought were going to be better than they were. And there's going to be a time in the season where the Jets are a team that's trailing a lot. And I think Michael Carter is that type of back that is going to catch four or five balls every week. And you can sneak him in as an RB2, and he'll give you 13, 15 fantasy points every week. So, you know, unless Chuba Hubbard is completely out of the picture and Dante Foreman's a 18 to 20 touch a game running back, which I don't see happening, I'd take Michael Carter. I'm pretty excited about the few Michael Carter shares that I have because I think he's playable starting right away. No way to get him now. I mean, he's a... I think he's sixty-one percent rostered in CBS. Oh no, I'm not so. saying no, no, no. He's Michael Carter isn't available. I'm not saying. I think he's available in some. Saying. I think in some he is. Uh, okay. I mean, again, it just all goes back to, you know, people listening. What league type of leagues they're in? Deeper right. leagues, uh, you know, ten-team leagues, whatever. But Michael Carter isn't available. Michael Carter's sitting on your bench as your RB four in competitive leagues, and now I'm just saying you can elevate him into a flex play or low-end RB2. But I will tell you who I am so ecstatic about Would as a running back. Gus Edwards and Ravens update? There it is. All right. That's a segue, buddy, but you segue. blew it. That was a good one. Here you go. You jumped the gun. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you jumped it. <laughs> out of nowhere, Nando. Out of nowhere to, to, you know, to tune in, have the Ravens game start, Gus Edwards get the start, Get the majority of the character. Basically, he was the backfield. Look unbelievable, okay, in doing so. Um, I am really excited about the future, the rest of the season, uh, about him now. You mix in everything that's going on here. People were worried, hey, listen, the, the, you know, the issue with Gus Edwards was, all right, you're coming off this injury. You don't know what they're going to ease him back in, maybe. A, they did not do that. Then it was like, hey, Kenyon Drake looked great. The week before, so he's going to, you know, have a big piece of the backfield as well. And then there was a healthy Justice Hill coming back. Well, Justice Hill fumbles. Kenyon Drake was pretty much irrelevant. This was all Gus Edwards, and he looked unbelievable doing so. So, I think we have a, I think we have a type of running back here that might be a top fifteen running back week in and week out uh, going forward in this whacked out Ravens offense that has me shaking my head on a weekly basis. It's so, I mean, like maybe it's, it's not weird. Maybe it's just stale, but like it's maybe, I, I mean, I guess so. Nando, I, I mean, Lamar Jackson, 120 passing yards. Now, granted, listen, I watched this game completely. Okay. I lived and died with this team, uh, weekend and week out, you know, Jackson throws a pass to Bateman, and Bateman goes down at the one-inch line in the next play. Gus Edwards, you know, skips into the end zone. That's one touchdown for Gus Edwards. Um, it's, you know, little things like that. So Lamar Jackson's numbers could have been skewed differently. Bateman's numbers could have been skewed differently. And sure, it looks great that Gus Edwards had two touchdowns, but um, I forgot what his other one was. Uh, I, I want to say they were both short yardage ones but just a weird game like mark andrews had one catch um it's now we have this bateman issue again as well as a mark andrews issue because andrews hasn't practiced these last couple days they're starting to insinuate that he's maybe a little more banged up than we all believe yep bateman didn't practice today 
we want to believe that it's just them resting this foot issue, but now there's word that he might have re-aggravated the foot, and if that's the case, you won't see him until after their bye week, most likely, because he probably rushed it back, and if he did re-aggravate it, they're not going to play him Thursday night versus Tampa, or the week after with a eye on their bye week in week 10. So this whole offense, I don't know what to expect, but I do know that I love Gus Edwards. I have a ton of Gus Edwards shares to the point where I could say that looking at all my big teams and all my rosters, he's sitting there stashed for a long time here, and he's going right into my lineup, and he's the type of player I think that can turn around your season. If you have Gus Edwards stashed and on your bench and you're a mid-level, uh, middle-of-the-pack team, Gus Edwards can maybe be that missing piece here. I'm that I'm that high on Gus Edwards after what I saw from him this past week. He's going to touch the ball 15, 20 times in this offense. And him and Lamar Jackson in a backfield is dangerous. I uh, I wonder if I named a team. What percentage of teams, if I asked you for their bye week, do you think you'd know right off the top of your head? All of them. So, yeah, it's very impressive. <laughs> I do you mean, think that? Do you I think that? I stare at this, this stuff for hours a day, Nando. Wow. I mean, it's the it's the sickness of a diehard fantasy player that you just I know the feeling. No, as, as a fellow, one. yeah, yeah, you're hardcore too. So, uh, <laughs> when's Arizona's bye week? They already Quick. had it. Trick question. They already had it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Week thirteen, you're wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> they already had it. Trick question. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> not even uh, not even lie. You tried to lie about that one so bad that you said it happened already. You gave them a fake bye week. Listen, oh man, that's good. I wonder why people find it hard to believe that we're friends in real life. Are we even? I mean, I consider you a friend. That's rude. Why would you say that? Let me ask you a question. Rule. Now that we've uh, run out of your rundown, what should we talk about? We didn't run out of the rundown. Yeah, you, we hit all four of your topics that you demanded. <laughs> okay. This is how the show is going to go. Hey, uh, is DeAndre Carter on your radar? Yeah, but you know what? The bye week uh, comes up, but this is you could get him cheap. You could get him cheap this week because no one's going to be like, all right, oh, he's not even playing. So when you get situations like this, Nando, where you're going into the waiver wire for a not popular name, like not a, you know, it's not like... Um, Let's just bring up Gus Edwards for the hell of it. Just say he was on, available on waivers and people are like, oh, he's going to be activated this week. Popular name. Can we get him in. I need a running back. They're going to bid high. But when you have a player that's going to be interesting name a week from now to help your fantasy team potentially, but he can't help your fantasy team, especially as, again, how desperate we all are going into week eight, a lot of teams. Like if you're the if you're the 6-1 um, and one team, 7-0 and oh team, yeah, you make a move like that real quick, but most of us are middle of the pack, points, whatever. We are, we're focused on week eight. You know, we're not focused on week nine now. But, you know, this Mike Williams injury is going to be long term. People just, you know, they're they're heading into their bye week. So are you done with it's him? It's like, yeah. Is it going forward? Or are you just going to be like, I'm I'm not drafting him anymore, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just not happening. It's that, listen, injuries happen, Nando. It's, but to him, like, they have He was playing year. well. Uh, yeah, but they were mostly all with his back, right? He, he always had back issues and stuff like that. This is a high ankle sprain where he lands, you know, wrong and gets rolled up on and that's it. But, you know, for a wide receiver, your season is shot. If you have like 
the real deal high. I always think about Jerry Judy from a couple of years ago, you know? Yep. Like, it just ruins a season. You you could come back in those four to six weeks. Usually it's like a that's the time frame, four to six weeks. But when you get back, you're not the same play. You don't have the same burst, the same speed. So, like, if you're a Mike Williams owner, you're you're pretty much shot. You know, you got to hold them. You can't drop them. But right. you have to carry him forward now and hope that if you make the fantasy playoffs, he starts, you know, forming back into himself. But for the foreseeable future, he's shot. Josh Palmer is the bigger biggest, um, you know, benefactor of this. Um, so, and then you got to figure Keenan Allen after the bye week. Now he comes, steps right back in. His season's been a complete waste. Another third round bust in Keenan Allen. But I saw someone yeah. say that a guy who got shot in a carjacking made it back quicker than Keenan Allen. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty actually. funny, right? Wait, how about this? Let me ask you this. This is completely off topic, but talking about this, I saw somewhere where there was odds on comeback player of the year. Yeah. Okay? And Brian Robinson was listed on it. Yeah. Now, now he's hold gone, on though. one he's second. He's, he's off the board. Hold on. Hold on. He's a rookie. This award is a comeback player of the year. So how does Brian Robinson even qualify as comeback player of the year? I like, I get it. It was preseason. I get it. It happened preseason. He came back, he, you know, everything like that. But comeback player of the year shouldn't be for a rookie. Yeah. Very weird. Anyway. But I, he's, um, I don't see him on there anymore. Like, we checked again yesterday. Uh, during, oh, really? During the show, the show with Corey. And uh-huh. uh, he wasn't there anymore. Interesting. So I don't know if they, they, were, they were like, no, this you know, he's not eligible or whatever. But he was. Yeah, but I don't know where the people got the odds from. I don't know if it's something I saw on Twitter one day and they just had odds for comeback player of the year. And he was like the favorite. And I was like, wait a minute. How can that be? He's a rookie. Coming. Well, he came whatever. back from being shot. Like that's, I mean, Does it depends it, on no, your. I know, but it's. Eh, hey, I don't want to go okay, too I'm far down you. the rabbit hole. But listen, this Mike Williams injury is a devastating one. That's, like I said, back to back weeks now. You lose Hollywood Brown, who was a top 12 receiver. You lose Mike Williams, who was borderline right there. These are two huge pieces. I have a couple teams, online championship teams, where they were doing very well, and Brown and Williams were on both of them. So that was a huge hit, and I'm sure a lot of other people are in, you know, have teams with both of these guys on it because one was a third rounder, one was a fourth rounder, and that was a popular turn right there. And the third, fourth round was a Hollywood Brown-Mike Williams combination. So people were killing it with these two through seven weeks, and now they lost both of them for probably the rest of the fantasy regular season. So that was another huge injury, DK Metcalf we talked about. And probably the one that affected me personally the most uh, was this David Njoku injury. Yeah, that one's, like just when you think you got a tight end. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, this, um, he was, I tweeted this out a couple days ago. He was this year's answer for the late round tight end. He was the tight end savior. He was all of our tight end saviors. You know, although it could have, I mean, it could have come back to bite you, you know, when Deshaun Watson shows up, this is Jacoby Brissett throwing to Njoku all the time. When, yeah, Watson, when Watson shows up, it might be a different out. story. Yeah, sure. But you're throwing hypotheticals out and Deshaun Watson is well, hypothetical. Yeah, I mean, way. you're assessing a player's value. The different quarterback's going to treat that offense differently. Okay. 
So now tell me this, just if you want to go down and play that role. This whole passing offense is Amari Cooper and David Njoku mixed in with a little Donovan Peoples-Jones on certain weeks, depending on, you know, how tough of a number one corner Cooper has on everything. Donovan Peoples-Jones is actually somebody I want to talk about for waivers. If he's available, I would be aggressively going after Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's weird because as well as, your high-stakes friends laughed about him preseason, if I remember correctly. Oh, he was the – oh, that's right. He was the Curtis Samuel the Curtis guy. Samuel or Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, that's right. Well, listen, uh, you know, now that there's been some injuries, again, you're, <laughs> the Nando prediction – it's not a prediction. prediction. It's, it's like it's a true. I like this offense. I enjoy watching Cleveland Browns football every Sunday. I love you, Nick Chubb. I wanted to talk about Cleveland Browns, so let's get right, into let's talk about it. Right. Okay, yeah. and, and Joku gets lost. He was the tight end answer for late for the, for the late round tight end. So you take him out. But I think the the perfect replacement for us in and Joku owners is actually on the same exact team in Harrison Bryant. Okay, so for my share, my teams that I have these shares of Njoku, and he was bailing me out, whether it was, you know, a a Kyle Pitts team or just waiting on tight end and other guys being inefficient, Njoku was a well on his way to being a top six tight end this year, Nando. Yeah. Like this past game, he was seven catches for 68 yards in the first half. I mean, he was going to put up a. He's. He was the man, okay? He was a great player. Now, what do you do with David and Joku, Nanda? Do you drop him? I mean, I guess you would treat him the same way. I, I would think, for me, he's in the same brain space as, like, Kyle Pitts. Right? Like, No. Yeah. No, as usual. Uh, all right. What yeah, do you mean I'm he's in the same? All right. Well, so what do you mean by that? Like, I think you Joku's put, like, hurt. You don't. It's not, you know, yeah. Joku's I'm talking hurt, about dropping Joku's hurt, but he's going to come back. Pitts sucks. Okay. But I mean, if you install a new quarterback in there, or if, uh, something weird—I don't know. Like, the, it's it's the same kind of fear that I guess I'd have that if I dropped in Joku, someone grabs him and they beat me in week 13, 14, and into the right. playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and- I think it's another situation of um, if you're, you know, that six and one team, that five and two team, and you have in Joku, you have to stash him. You have to keep him. That's it. Now. This injury time frame that they're throwing out for him is an even bigger nightmare. Two to five weeks. Now, if this is a high ankle sprain, I, there's been some reports about it's not as bad as, you know, maybe I guess the Mike Williams high ankle sprain. I guess there's all different degrees of high ankle sprains. Maybe this is just a regular uh, ankle sprain or whatever. But you can't drop an Njoku because, God forbid, this guy shows up two or three weeks from now. Then you look like the fool for dro- you know for dropping him. Right. I think this team is a sneaky, um, sneaky offense that is going to win people a lot of money in the championship rounds with Watson, Chubb, Cooper, a healthy Njoku, and maybe a you know a flex play in Donovan Peoples Jones. I just think this offense, nobody was on it in the preseason. I enjoy it every Sunday, like I said. But, um, you know, I, I think we could see this team being, uh, you know, like a 28, 31 point a game offense come that week 12, 13, 14 and beyond. You uh, used to be a Browns bar, didn't you? Yeah, we, we were. It's funny, too. I had a couple of friends come in uh, this Sunday and they asked me that, too. They were like, oh, what games are we putting on? Whatever. 
They were like, wait a minute, are you still a Browns bar? I was like, nah, we haven't been a Browns bar. And we're basically an Eagles bar now at this point. Really? You know? Oh, 100%. I mean, the reservations line up all for Eagles. Uh, you know, half the TVs, it's like we have to give for Eagle fans. And uh, 50% of our crowd or more is, is Eagle fans. You know, so we get the E A G L E A. You know, chant oh, throughout the throughout every touchdown that the Eagles score. We get the chant throughout the bar. So yeah, does it drive you crazy Eagles, as uh, a Jets fan? No, no, no. As a yeah, as a fake <laughs> Jets fan, you're right. No, but listen, the last thing I want to talk about besides Harrison Bryant being a top target for us tight end needy players, and I'm gonna go in and, and be aggressive and get him. And the same thing with Donovan Peoples Jones because I think he's on the wide receiver three. Uh, range now going forward with Njoku out. Um, Kareem Hunt has to get moved this week. Who do you think, like Hunt, Akers? Wait, so if Kareem Hunt so gets Akers moved. is a goner. But, but Well, I, I I hear what you're saying with naming some of these guys, but Akers and Hunt we can't put in the same category. Akers is shot, and Akers, I'm sure the Rams are calling everybody, begging them to take him for like a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah. And people are going to be like, uh, listen, uh, we'll get back to you. Maybe we'll give you a seventh-round pick. So I'm shocked that the Jets didn't – you know, I, I get what the Jets did. They moved right away to get the replacement for Brees Hall. Yep. But I really thought they should have held out and, and tried to make the attempt at Kareem Hunt. I thought that was the perfect landing spot for a Kareem Hunt trade was the New York Jets right now. Yeah. And, and they should have did that. But – now that's out of the picture, and where do you go? I I think Kareem Hunt is either an L.A. Ram or a Kansas City Chief this time next week when we do the show. Do you think he'll get traded straight up for Akers? No. Right. He won't get traded for straight up for Akers. So does that make you uh, – De'Ernest Johnson, has he become uh, – Yeah, he's a sneaky – put a buck on him? sneaky ad, 100% hey. this week. It's going to cost more than a buck in the high-stakes level because everyone's going to be thinking along the lines of I am here. Like, this is the week to get the Ernest Johnson cheap, and he's available everywhere. But everybody's going to say, okay, listen, Kareem Hunt is going to get moved. There's no reason why they shouldn't. They have a, uh, they know what they have in their third-string running back in the Ernest Johnson. They gave him money. They paid him well this past season, which put everybody on alert that, all right, Kareem Hunt isn't going to start the season right. in Cleveland. Then he wound up doing it anyway. But now the team's underperforming. You have an absolute stud bell cow and one of the best running backs in football in Chubb that you can give him more work or give him, let him stay the same, you know, let him keep the same um, workload. But now just give Dearness Johnson the rest of that 20, 30% that you don't want to give Nick Chubb. They know that he can do the job. This is the perfect chance to get a nice piece back, something in return, maybe a third round draft pick, something like that for Kareem Hunt. I don't know what the Chiefs are. Maybe the Chiefs have, um, you know, PR issues with Kareem Hunt from what happened when he was in Kansas City and they had to move on from him. That's been a while ago. I don't know if that's the reason they wouldn't make the move. But what a perfect landing spot. If they want to be serious about, you know, giving Mahomes and the Chiefs another, you know, run at the Super Bowl this year, you, that's the type of move you go make. Cause none of these running backs are working out. In Kansas City, they just rotate. And they, yeah, Pacheco is going to be our starter this week. Then he gets like what seven or eight carries. Yeah. He's a seventh round draft pick. This guy isn't going to be his no any superstar. 
the Clyde Edwards experiment is just fizzling out. That was a bust. You know, Jarek McKinnon's a nice little PPR back, but he can't carry the load. You bring in Kareem Hunt, and this offense just takes off to another universe, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, man, that would be so weird if they did that, though. It would be. It would be, but it would be the perfect landing spot. Like, where else can you see Kareem, Kump, uh, Kareem uh, Hunt moving to? I, no, I, I don't know. That's like I, I don't speculate on this stuff till it happens, you know. And then I then I react. Great guess, great guess, Nando. That's a great way to play along. Well, all right, look, I, like awesome. I'm not on top of all the. Uh, I told you the Rams and the Chiefs, and you came back with nothing. Yeah, well, you think about this stuff, and I don't. That's a difference. If you want to ask me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you then. Let me ask you what's on your mind. Star Wars movie, you're excited about it? No, nah, we don't have to do this. It's like R2, D2, is R2, was, yeah, is pretend like Star you don't Wars? Know. Yeah, oh yeah, you R2. just throw Star Dude, Wars I, kids honestly... in the lockers back in high school. <laughs> Nando, if I tell back you that, how many, how many Star Wars uh, movies have there been? Uh, too many to count. But, is that true? I don't know. Why well, I mean, do you want to count the, like, the standalones, or do you just want the stuff in the trilogies? Oh, there's been like spin-offs and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, a lot of I've man. watched... I've watched the the only Star movie, Star Wars movie I've ever watched was I remember being like a five or six year old watching the original Star Wars, and I've never watched a minute of any of these other things that ever happened with Star Wars. Uh, it's your loss, you know. You should be a little more. No, I hear you. Just uh, not really though. All right. But anyway, it's your thing. Um, the other guy I wanted to mention this Denver Broncos garbage offense. Um, your boy Brett Rippin, um, and everything, but. Uh, Jerry Judy, you see him getting moved this week? That's the other big name that a, a lot of people are chatting about. I don't know, man. I don't know if they would do that. Like, I think it's really stupid if the Denver Broncos decide to move on from Jerry Judy. I, it doesn't make any sense for me. I think, I mean, you get rid of Hackett. You don't get rid of your wide receivers. I think that's mm-hmm. the, that should be the mindset. I don't know if that's, if they're going to do it. But yeah. to me, it seems like I don't like know where this all came from. Everywhere else. Mm-hmm. That's all. I don't know. It, it just seems like this name came up and, you know, these last couple of weeks, like, oh, if the Broncos lose, you know, this week versus Jacksonville, Judy's definitely got to get, got to go. Well, why? He's a third-year receiver. He's, you know, somebody you build around, not trade away. Kareem Hunt is the perfect trade candidate. But I'm just saying, they, listen, the, the perfect two teams, I think, for Jerry Judy, if he was to somehow get moved, number one, Green Bay. Green Bay's got to be on the phone with Denver trying to get Aaron Rodgers, Jerry Judy. He'll come in there. He'll be their number one wide receiver the rest of the season. And believe it or not, I think the Giants, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't uh, be the worst move for them to give up, a, you know, a, a nice draft pick for Jerry Judy. You're six and one New York Giants. Six and one New York Giants, five and two New York Jets. New York football's on fire and both teams are frauds. Oh, come on, man. You love it. It's good for business. Oh, it's, it is. Trust me. I love it. The, the you know, the people are in the bar every week watching the Giant and Jet games. They're excited about them. It's, I just, it's tough to believe in, in, in these teams when you, when you watch them. But Daniel Jones is. Are there fights? Do a lot of fights break out? At the bar? I can't imagine there would be. And I also can't imagine. It's not a good space for fights, really. No, yeah. we, I can count on one hand in 15 years how many actual fights we've had at the bar. All right. Now you have to be dismissive about it. People fight in bars. No, there was, I mean, one of them was that time that you were calling out those 
those punks at the bar and you were like, yeah, I'll, I'll mess you up. I'm Nando, I'll mess you up. And I was like, Nando, this isn't like you, you know, whatever. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll kick everyone's ass in here. Oh, man. This, like, bit, this bit's going to fall flat. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna tell the Welsh to cut this part out, timestamp this. <laughs> Keep going, though. Everybody just thinks you're a nice guy, but you're not. You're a punk, too. Yeah, they can hear it every week. Right here. Yeah. 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 Um, Hurry up. We're running out of time. Oh, are we? Already? Yeah. What games are you looking forward to this week, Kenny? Uh, What week is it? Eight? Let me pull up the schedule. (laughs) NFL week. Are the the Cardinals on their bye this week? National Football League week eight. Wait, is Arizona on their bye? I don't know why you ask me because you don't care what my answer is going to be. Wait, I think I think I would just wanted to say one quick thing more about um, you know waivers and everything. If Danny Dimes is on waivers still, which he still is in a lot of big leagues that I'm in, because people just are slowing, uh, slowly coming around to him. They don't want to admit they're wrong. Ah, uh, yeah, I think we all got to admit we're wrong here. And I don't know, man. He ran for a hundred and seven yards. Daniel Jones is doing things that I, my Lamar Jackson teams only wish you know, he, he was doing right. So to see that I, and what's funny is I have Daniel Jones as my backup on a couple of my Lamar Jackson teams. And every week I'm just sitting there going, what the hell is going on? My backup is given more points rushing and, and total than my starter, my stud that I thought I had my elite QB, the guy who was going to be right there at the top with Josh Allen. Uh, and Lamar's given 11 fantasy points this past week. He's, Drop duds four weeks in a row. You can't even mention Lamar in the elite category of the Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes uh, anymore right now. It's been a fall from grace in October. Only can only hope that November and December uh, he wakes back up. But Danny Dimes, man, top 15 fantasy running uh, fantasy quarterback uh, going forward. If he's going to take off and run like this every week, him and your boy, Justin Fields, we got to acknowledge them. It'll be too late when you finally do, though. It'll be on teams. Mm, well, that's why we're saying. That's what we're saying. About, I yeah. mean, well, they're available still. Justin Fields and Daniel Jones are still high, widely available still. I wonder if people like I mean, Brian Dayball was Josh Allen's offensive coordinator. And mm-hmm. Daniel Jones has a similar skill set. Not the same, not as good. But he can run, you know. He's a mobile quarterback uh, who was plagued with inaccuracy issues. Like, don't like people are crapping on Josh Allen. Twenty nineteen, going into twenty twenty. Sure, I'm pretty sure Josh Allen has guys called Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis and like a whole host of talent around them. So we really can't make the the easy comparison of Dable coach Josh Allen and he was a stud so why can't Daniel Jones be you know I'm not saying that I'm saying that like you're uh, gonna get a taste of what he did with Josh Allen it's the same guy with the same philosophy uh, I mean it's also every off every defense is focused in on Saquon rightfully so um the top running back in football and Daniel Jones just you know Dable's realizing that gets Daniel Jones out of the pocket he's taken off and you know, any run, any quarterback that's running for more than 50, 60 rushing yards every week, he's got to be on the starting streamer, uh, you know, list. I think the Bears are going to beat the Cowboys. I think the Panthers are going to beat the Falcons. I think the Giants-Seahawks is going to be the best game of the week. 
And you just said the Bills beat the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are playing the Bears. Just so you I know. said, I think the, the Bears. Bears I, said, I think the Bears are going to beat the Cowboys. Well, the, the Bears are going to beat the Cowboys yeah. outright. Yeah. Wow. All right. I think they're coming into their own, man. Their defense—they got some really good, really good players. Yeah, Scary they impressed players. Me first. They impressed me uh, in New England. Their head coach is a, is a defensive genius, and he doesn't get credit for it because he was in Indianapolis. And I think people gave you know, oh, Darius Leonard's amazing, you know, but like. Iberflus has a crazy philosophy for defenses. Um, okay. And you got Roquan Smith. I mean, yeah. you, you just got like some good talented. Yeah, they got yeah. talent there. They have, they have talent on the defensive side of the ball, no doubt. And on the offensive side of the ball, I like they, they got this nice little one-two punch going right now with the running backs with Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Herbert's starting to get a bigger piece of the pie here. It, it makes no sense these last couple of years. Every time, you know, Montgomery gets hurt all the time Herbert doesn't play and then when Montgomery gets hurt Herbert comes in and looks like Walter Payne and then when Montgomery comes back Herbert like would become irrelevant again now last night you saw Herbert like I think it was like a you know like both of these guys were in like the 40 45 percent snap rate you know uh mark uh market right there so um Maybe they're in like this 55-45 split and, and it's garnering both of them as like RB2 territory. I could see that. Yeah, it's just anybody like besides Mooney, like who every week it's like he doesn't put up like big points, but he's the only one that you can consider in the pass game. There's nobody else that's startable on this team. You know? Yeah, we thought it was cool. Mooney, command- you're desperate. I mean, if, if you're. If you're the Njoku no. guy, you might be starting to, like, oh, maybe Komet no. picks it up. It's funny because Njoku originally, um, Njoku was my replacement for, for Komet. all my right. Komet shares. Yeah. And it worked out great. I was like, all right. Uh, and this was after week one. I said, you know, let me take a shot on Njoku. Komet didn't look good. And maybe this works out. And Njoku was what Komet, I thought, would be. Yeah. So it would be ironic if now as... Njoku owners, we have to go to the wire and go pick up Komet to try and replace Njoku, but I don't see it happening. Well, I mean, I don't see it. I mean, so, but, I mean who are you going to go to instead? Harrison Bryant. Say someone uh, listened to this and got him right before you did. Komet's not the worst. I mean, Kyle Pitts is probably, if you wait until Thursday or Friday to pick up your tight end, say mm-hmm. you miss out on Harrison Bryant. Right. Um, you know, I don't maybe, think uh, be maybe big... people drop Kyle oh. Pitts. Oh, hey, listen, you know what? I was just going to, you know what? Don't be that guy that says to drop Kyle Pitts. Don't. I'm not saying to drop him. I'm saying people you know may I mean? have dropped Kyle Pitts, who's had three games of exactly 19 yards this season. Make sure, yeah, he's a, make sure you he's hold on tight. Make sure you hold on tight to that guy. I know, but Nando, this is the, this is the three and four conundrum. Teams. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, sure, you could bench him. Can't just drop Kyle Pitts. I, I mean, you said the same thing about Allen Robinson and DJ Moore, right? You said the same thing. Allen Robinson, the last game before the bye, 5 for 65 and a touchdown. Now, what if he comes out of the bye here and keeps this up? Is that not egg on your face because you panicked after five bad weeks and you dropped Allen Robinson? You dropped your third-round pick? Well, maybe Kyle Pitts is just this guy that's in that small handful of players every year that we see. It's like, listen, wow. We look up in week 14, and Kyle Pitts is a top-five weekly tight end and everybody's like, man, remember September and October, how terrible Pitts was? What the hell? 
And now that Desmond Ritter took over five weeks ago, Kyle Pitts is seven for 85 and a touchdown every week. You're going to drop that guy in this tight end landscape? You can't. So to our listeners, you bench a Kyle Kyle Pitts, okay? You you drop a Cole Komet type. You don't drop a Kyle Pitts. You want to get, you want to say that's it? I got to throw in the towel for a while. He's killing me. I'm benching Kyle Pitts. Fine. Go to the waiver wire, stream, whatever you want to do. Okay, I get it. I got to look at that three for 19 in my box score every week as well on the teams I have. But there's no way you put a Kyle Pitts out on the waiver wire. I, at this point, like, why not? Like, this happened to O.J. Howard. Mm-hmm. I think this happened to Delaney Walker. Okay. The year LaFleur took over. As the offensive there's coordinator. Your weekly, there's your weekly. There's your weekly. If you're playing Nando Bingo at home, uh, he's got his P.J. Walker, his Dante Foreman, his uh, Delaney Walker. Yeah, I pick up Delaney in. Walker every week. The first time, I mean, you, you're one name away from Nando Bingo this week. Do you, uh, people are just on the edge of their feet. Before we wrap up here, you got to say his name. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. Matt Medina. Come on, you can. <laughs> That's so random. That so <laughs> Why weird. is that random? He's our That's friend. So, I know, but well, he's my friend. About NFL, yours. Talking about NFL players, and the last time I checked, Modica didn't play in the NFL. But you know, you want to say Matt Breida's name somehow. Glenn Lowy. Yes. Go ahead. Go around and name all the high stakes players that you know. Well, everyone's waiting for you to talk of. about apple picking, even though I didn't. I didn't mention. Yeah, it. because apple picking yeah. season's over. You don't have anything to go to now. Is it? Yeah, your crutch. Your crutch. Didn't is gone. you tell me off air last week uh, that? Ironically, you you told me I got to give up that apple picking. No, I think uh, I told bit. you that on air. But actually. wait, 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 wait. But that you were actually going apple picking when you went up to Syracuse this past Friday. Yeah, we didn't did make go? it. We didn't make it. Ah oh, man, we did the pumpkin See? patch, <laughs> which ended very quickly. Really, but it, it did not make it to the apple. Relatedly, nah. we didn't make it to apple picking. Well, at least you got the pumpkin picking it. Nor did we build a bear. And you did it on Sunday, didn't you? Uh, no. Sunday was driving. Okay. Do you have Ramondre Stevenson as an RB1 or no the rest of the season? Bro, we got to go, man. We have time for this. You wasted time people, with your with your trades. People wait all week. People wait all week to hear from us. We, worthless trade speculation. How many? How? What's the time? Where are we? We're at one hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> We're 104, 06, 07, 08, 09, 10. Right, that's annoying. I have Ramondre Stevenson as a yeah. A lot of people in the t- a lot of people in the uh, comments last week talked about how annoying you were. On last yeah, week's I don't show think so. All your noises, they really did. Oh, that'd be yeah, that, in a playful. Remember way. all your noises and and you're pouring the water out and everything. <laughs> that. Was that was that what I was doing? You were, yeah, you were. But you, Old time radio, know. Chris. People love it. Okay. Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. How about that? Me. How about that, Matt Ryan benching? That's pretty crazy. You know, Ellinger's a. Mobile quarterback, he is. He could do some damage. I mean, that like he's got some nice pieces around him now too. Paris Pittman, Campbell's coming Paris Campbell. on. Alec, Alec Pierce, yeah. Listen, he's a sneaky. If you miss out on the Daniel Jones and Justin Fields, and you want that mobile quarterback that we all want our hands on, Sam Ellinger isn't the worst discount uh, get this uh, this week. See what he's got. Pick him up for a couple bucks. Stash him. Give him these couple weeks. He's got an alpha number one in Pittman. Hopefully he doesn't tank him for the rest of the season. Let us all pray. Um, 
but he's got a, he's got a couple other nice pieces, like I said, and he's got a Jonathan Taylor to you know to rely on. So I don't think Ellinger is going to be one of these guys that comes in and and just looks horrible. You know, that's at the end of the day, he's a buck forty and one touchdown maybe. He's going to give you some rushing That's all you yards. think he's going to do? Well, I mean, you were in love with uh, Rippon, uh, thinking he was going to. Believe your text uh, last <laughs> Sunday morning was Brett Rippon, 300 yards and three touchdowns today. Watch. <laughs> and then close. I never heard from you I again. I was close because well, you didn't reply. Never heard from you. Uh, well, now you know how I feel about my uh, rundown. You just sent me back a picture of someone's private parts. <laughs> That's all I got back. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know what to say to that. It's a picture of my butt. What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with what you, What is wrong man? with you? Ellinger ran for 663 yards in 13 games his junior year at Texas. Yeah, he was he was good at Texas. Ran for 377 the year after, 482 the year before, 381 the year before. They had almost 2,000 rushing yards in four years at Texas. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, man. 33 oh. rushing touchdowns. He had 16 rushing touchdowns his sophomore year at Texas. Listen, and he's been he's been with the Colts in their system for a while now. So, um, you know, he's been there. He's he's not a first-year guy. He's, you know, what is he in his, I want to say his fourth year or something, third. No, he was drafted in 2021. Maybe he should stick to bye weeks. 21. Yeah. What is he? This is his second year or third year? Well, I mean, he was drafted in 21, so 22 would be a second really? year. Really? Yeah. But he, I thought this was his third year, to be honest with you. But all right. Oh, we should go. Yeah, it's getting late. It's getting late. You're tired. Yeah, when I think a second-year quarterback's in his third year, it's probably we should throw in the towel. You said fourth, too, actually, before that. That's a good good point. Right. I, I don't know why I said fourth. I don't know. That was very weird. We, yeah. We got to go. Uh Oh, wait. Uh, no, you know, I was going to ask you. Uh, there's a trade question. Ah, throw it. Yeah, throw in the trick. A trade question? Oh, I got a trade question for someone at work internally, and I want to mess it up because I work with them. Is this for the old guy that you do the uh, you run his league? Yeah, yeah. I just failed to mention that my dad's friend also works with us at the Athletic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He moonlights as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Mixon for C.D. Lamb, straight up trade, non PPR. I hate these. It's so so stupid. My other starting running back is Josh Jacobs, and I've had Michael Carter stashed. There you go. Now you got to give more because you got to give more. My other wide receivers are Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, and Alec Pierce. I guess. It just feels like wide receivers are easier to come by. It's a very deep 16-team super flex league. No PPR. He would be getting Mixon? Uh, actually, I don't know. I didn't hear that. I think he's in my other starting running back is Josh Jacobs. So it sounds to me like he'd be giving up Joe Mixon for CD Lamb. And who would his third running back be? Uh, my other starting running back is Josh Jacobs. He's had Michael Carter stashed. Nah. Josh Jacobs and Michael Carter would be his backfield. No, I'd stick with Jacobs and Mixon. Yeah, that's what I told him. But I said, let me check with Vicaro on the show tonight. He's a high-stakes Hall of Famer. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, why do you hate, you know, you shouldn't shy away from it. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, you having a costume contest this weekend at all? Uh, good luck, everybody, in uh, week uh, eight. <laughs> and, go. I know you're going to dress up as something, but what? Well, I'm going to dress up as you. Um, an annoying fantasy football host. All right. Um, good luck, everyone. We'll be back next week, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, we should uh, be. Shout out to the Welsh for editing this. Uh, not an easy task. 
but no, we love you. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We hope you uh, enjoyed this. We hope this is helpful. Um, now you know who has bye weeks and when. Uh, and so we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.